Hello, everyone. We are just days into this new regime, and frankly, we are both somewhat frightened by what we've seen. Gone is all sense of rational thought and discourse. And in is self-aggrandizement and a ludicrous pomposity. That said, we, the greatest radio podcast there has ever been, heard around the world. More on that later. We have put together one of the greatest episodes you will ever hear. It's a little bit presumptuous there, Rob. With all the other pompous nonsense, I didn't want us to miss out. And in the alternative fact future, we are the greatest radio podcast heard around the world. All right, fine. And uh, how about we talk about the other countries a little bit later on in this episode 25? Sure, we'll talk about the the people who put the fan in fantastic. All right, Uh, Mr. Secord, we are going to have to uh, make him introduce the first segment. Please. Okay, for real. Uh, last time when you said that word, I think I kind of stepped all over you when you were explaining exactly what it means. It, it's basically a French word for for this whole podcast. It's uh, it's supposed to be a brief reference to something that makes an entertaining point. Huh. All right. Well, um, we'll do our best. Um, <laughs> what little diversions are we going to talk about this week? Uh, all right. First off, a little musical interlude with a "This What Trump Hates." And then there's what we. And then there's how Trump thinks it will end. And how we think it will end. Inauguration abomination. I could say we all saw how low the turnout for an inauguration was. The signs were pointing towards not good early in the morning when people were posting pictures of uh, all those empty metro cars on Twitter. But the real evidence was just as bleak in the comparison photos after the fact. (laughs) The the crowd photos were even more embarrassing (laughs) after we saw the glorious events of the following day. So, millions of women march. Yep, in Washington, D.C. alone, approximately three times the turnout of the inauguration came into the city for the Women's March, which was the day after inauguration. Uh, D.C. Metro said it was the second busiest day of operation behind Obama's 2009 inauguration. (laughs) (laughs) But what was really impressive is that the D.C. March wasn't the largest in the nation. That um, honor fell to Los Angeles, where there was approximately 800,000 people in attendance. Worldwide, with marches on seven continents, there were approximately 1.8 million people 
who peacefully protested the campaign promises of the American GOP to roll back women's rights, those of people of color, and the LGBTQ communities. Um, it's also worth noting that the D.C. Women's March had no arrests, unlike the inauguration the day before. Um, that ended up having about 230 arrests for rioting, destruction of property. Um, there's been some uh, pushback on those arrests. Two of the people that were in that uh, large mob arrest were journalists, um, and one was a passive observer a passive observer. So um, I'm sure we're not going to hear the end of that. Um, everybody that was arrested was issued the exact same affidavit of arrest, which is a little suspect since some people were literally just marching and there seemed to only be a couple dozen that were active in the uh, actual riots. But I guess those people were so easy to catch because did, they weren't resisting arrest. Well, did you see how empty the parade route was? <laughs> I mean, there were bleachers set up, and there was just totally empty. Bleak bleachers. <laughs> Story of the Trump administration <laughs> in a world gone mad. One Bleak lunatic. is the right word. <laughs> oh. Bleak House, starring Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was also... Uh, fun. <laughs> New definition of the word fun. What was yeah. alternative fun hmm. was that <laughs> El Tromperino, the narcissist in chief, the, uh, the mango Mussolini, had his new uh, yap dog, Sean Spicer, hold <laughs> a press conference where he essentially lied uh, about uh, anything and everything that was verifiable about the day. From the numbers that had appeared that it was the largest attended inauguration in world history. Um, I, one of my favorite uh, Trump lies was that it stopped raining and the sun came out as he began to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. That, that, that was my favorite line. Uh, it's... it's uh... <laughs> I, I'm, there's going to be a lot of deep sighs over the next four years. It's just... One that I saw was that um, he's less popular than the movie uh, Paul Blart Mall Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lower approval rating than uh, uh -huh. Paul Blart's Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Yeah. So um, after uh, Spicer was called out by everybody, Trump's BFF Kellyanne Conway did the Sunday morning show circuit and uh, told NBC's Chuck Todd that the White House was just working with alternative facts, uh, which has <laughs> gone on to be the statement that has launched a thousand memes. I, I remember many years ago there was um, a case where the British government was trying to suppress a book called Spycatcher, written by uh, a former spook in the UK. I have a copy of it. It's very interesting. And the, they were caught out having lied under oath in, I think it was an Australian court of law. And when they were called out on this, they described themselves as having been economical with the truth. <laughs> well, the other thing is, as a response to all of this stuff that's been going on, George Orwell's 1984 is the Amazon bestseller right now. Um, <laughs> well, there's nothing like reading a I'm future history sure book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
did I have to read that in high school or middle school? I definitely had to read it somewhere along the line. Um, Are they going to make us read Animal Farm again as well? Uh, I, four legs good, two legs bad, man. As I long mean, as I don't have to read Charlotte's Web again. <laughs> Rob. No, what? You just don't want to cry in public anymore. It's been years. It's a, day, <laughs> it's a daily occurrence since Friday. <laughs> But this is not the end of our pursue. We it's, have it's more. Not, we have more pursue in the pursue. <laughs> well, stir the pot, Rob. Stir the pot. All right. Let, let, let's uh, let's take into a dip into the magic bag and see what we have next. And we have UN be fucking leaveable. Yes. Uh, we've got even more unbe fucking leaveable news now. But this time it is about the UN. A bill was introduced into the House on January 3rd, which passed on to the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The bill is the American Sovereignty Restoration Act of 2017. God damn it. I was hoping you'd read it in that voice. <laughs> yeah, so so this is real. This is real life. Um, I'm hopeful that it won't actually get out of committee, but it's 2017 and we apparently live in the upside down. Listen, you you promised me that this wouldn't go any further. And, I don't and, believe I made such promises. Oh, it, it was almost categorical in it. And <laughs> uh, you're trying to. I think to, we were both pretty gleeful in this. I you think can't you pin this all on me. I think you were trying to calm my nerves. <laughs> Frankly, the idea that the U.S backs out of the UN beggars fucking belief. Well, and, well, hold on. Let's let me just give a quick rundown of what this does. Uh, why don't so, you do that? This bill will in essence pull the United States out of the UN and the World Health Organization. Um you know, the the peaceful world body the United States helped to set up after World War II that's headquarters in New York City. Mm. That that's the one. Yeah, that's they want to come Big out of there. Big tall white building. There's a Lego set of it. Lots of flags. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> it's a real fact. Uh, it's not an alternative fact. This okay. This fact is cast in Lego blocks. There is no greater fact than a Lego <laughs> brick fact. Especially in the middle of your foot in the middle of the night. It's how I find most of them again. <laughs> I think I might have to buy that set now just just to protest this bullshit. I'm going to buy the UN Lego set. To prove that the building exists. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe, that, maybe, maybe we need to launch a Patreon. If I'm going to start buying Lego kits to prove minor points, I'm going to need some financial backing people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go on reporting the news. <laughs> I'm going to go on begging for money. You keep looking at Lego sets online. Um, yeah, so this whole bill seemed to come out of the fact that the U.S. didn't back Israel's interests at the U.N. being able to build new housing wherever they wanted, you know, in Palestine. Um, this was a vote that happened, I guess, September, October last year. So this isn't the time or place for an Israeli-Palestinian relations debate, but this act to pull out of the UN, it seems a little extreme. In a level of dumbness, Brexit, which may not come to pass, that may be in next week's, it, it was, was stupid. 
monumentally stupid, magnificently stupid. The election of Trump, even fucking Damara. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the idea of pulling out of the UN, because the UK pulling out of, of Europe, uh, you're still going to be associated with Europe. There's still other agreements where you're still going to have to deal with people from the Eastern Europe. Trump, okay, it's six months to four years of his insanity and zero to three and a half years of Pence being an absolute shithead. Uh, but the U.S. pulling out of the U.N. would be uh, you'd need to erect monuments that were a thousand feet high to really get to grips with how stupid that would be. Rob, I have the perfect backdrop for that monument. Use hang placards all along this brand new beautiful wall we're going to get. We can uh, make it we can make it like a mural of how uh, isolationism is the best and America needs to be first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how to how, how to properly process that? Yeah, yeah, that was a big sigh. You know what we should do while you process that? Moving on. <laughs> Flintwater crisis update. First up, a quick check on the housing market. Um, when last I looked, both houses were still available. The 346 East Mart Avenue still available for 2800 Or if you're really bargain basement hunting, then uh, 5318 Glen Avenue is available for 950 Get them while they're hot. Um, Rob, the only way mm -hmm. those properties would be hot uh, is if you burn them down to rebuild them. Please note, we are not condoning arson in any form. Please check with your local fire department for any appropriate burn permits. Uh, actually, the, the Glen Avenue property might make sense if you bought it. Uh, took down the house, and then you could uh, set up an awning to cover your pimped-out conversion van for when it snows. It, hey, that's not a bad idea, because I, I was just looking at those, and I found one that's yeah, there's a, yeah, Rob. a Dodge 98... There's, uh, hey, hey, focus. Uh, it, this one's really cool. I have shiny things. Uh, it's look, look, it's look, look, look. purple velour. Uh, uh, what? Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, good boy. Um, <laughs> so if you're done. Can I have a treat? No. Do I get, I get in the treat? You know what you get? What? What do I get? More Flint news. We're sorry, Flint. We have to cover you because outside of MLive, far too few people are. Yeah. Um, of all of the things that have gone on in the past half a week, um, the one decree that's really bothered me the most, and I think it's because of the amount of coverage and reporting that um, we've been doing on what's going on in Flint over the last year, it's the gag order um, to the EPA. This whole issue of what's been going on in Flint wouldn't have come out um, if it wasn't for the EPA. And um, that all came out, you know, nine months after it, it started happening. So it's really, it's really frustrating. 
And what's what one of the things that aspect of it that terrified me is that the gag order is so complete that it even stops the EPA from reporting information to Congress that Congress needs to know. Right. It reminds me a lot of um, the situation, the gag order that was put in place um, dealing with this Flint situation where people were showing up at the hospital sick with Legionnaire's disease and then the hospital couldn't report it to the Department of Health and Human Services um, in order to stop other people from getting sick. You know, it's that lack of information sharing that, um, I mean, all of this has significant impacts to human life and not in the long term where they're doing a study about something and what happens five years from now when that study's you know discontinued or hasn't been refunded or whatever um i mean situations like just like flint um and we know there's there's evidence that there's flint's not the only city that has this lead problem there's plenty of other cities in um, depressed areas all around our country that um, have significant infrastructure problems and um, you know they're they're not going to have the ability to test or report what's going on and therefore uh, remediate what's been going what needs to be done in order to help these communities. Maybe the U.S. needs to locate itself further south so it can become one of those little tin pot Central American dictatorships. Maybe that's the ultimate goal. Oh. Then Mexico can border Canada and make it their problem. I just want to move to Canada. I don't like <laughs> You think Trudeau would have us? I don't know if you've heard that podcast, obviously, but he seems like a good cat overall. But. Mm-hmm. As long as I don't have to learn French. Je suis pas un petit peu de français. I don't know what that means, but probably... It means I speak a little bit of French, okay, and that's about see? as much as I know. Yep. <laughs> nope, I, I don't even have that. So I guess that means Montreal's out for me. Toronto? British Columbia, I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, Nova Scotia looks very beautiful. <laughs> I, I once had the pleasure of landing in Gander in Newfoundland because the flight that I was on was overladen and into a headwind and running out of fuel and would not arrive at Boston. So we had to stop at Gander to refuel. And I have to say that the staff there were magnificent in how friendly and helpful and courteous they were. Canadian, of course they were. And on that note, I'm going to move on to Flint, because Michigan is by Canada, and that's what we're talking about. People of Flint, move to Canada. (laughs) Uh, All right. So quick rundown. Here's what's been going on in Flint. January has been full of meetings to deal with the the ongoing water issues. There was a closed door meeting January 10th um, with the governor and his people, with uh, EPA officials and with scientists um, that they actually had scientists. They actually, well, again, January tenth, Obama was still the president. Oh, Science still I was forgetting. Yep. Sorry, that's the that's now the yeah um, that distant the golden bright year. spot. Yeah, that it's fading rapidly. Um, so they all got together and they um, reviewed the latest round of tests that um have been going on 
with the water um, and discuss possible options for moving forward. You know, these this is all great. It's great news. There is um, good news that more of the houses with these very expensive filters, as long as you're drinking filtered water, it is drinkable. So they had this closed door meeting January 10th. January 11th, they had a town hall meeting at in Flint. Basically, the residents were left with a bad taste in their mouths. Boom! She went there. She went there. Boom! I, d- I did that. Mic drop. No, don't drop the mic. No. It looks like- <laughs> so the big question that everybody's asking, how much longer until you fix our Diana pipe? tells her next pun. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a long time. <laughs> it was what, a year in between the last time and now? <laughs> Just about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how much longer? There, there was, you know, a year ago, Governor Snyder testified uh, in front of Congress um, and he said, laid out his quick, quick action points. Great. So how much longer? Um, the officials that were at the meeting said it's going to take approximately three years to complete the line replacements to everybody's house. Um, Mm -hmm. So just keep using your very cheap water filters in the meantime. That was sarcasm. We guess. (laughs) Um, But that three-year number is really kind of a best-case scenario because none of the funding for the pipe replacement has been secured yet. So... Maybe we could just throw this onto the side and reuse the pipes that we're going to use for the Keystone XL and the all the rest of that crap and, you know, bury it in Flint where it might be useful. Well, I mean, there's a slight size differential. I mean, we're talking about like one inch line. Size isn't everything. <laughs> we're talking about like one inch house lines uh, Look, it, versus it, 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 a monster <laughs> pipeline. Okay, whatever. <laughs> a hot dog in a hallway. But uh, that would just clog the water line. Oh my god, you! This is the terrible idea—the bacterial infection in the water from this. Then you need the water filters again. This gets us nowhere. I'm a terrible civil engineer. <laughs> um, but but you know we all don't worry because we've got that new the. Uh, Candagoni Water Authority pipeline that we had to have that got us into this situation in the first place, right? That should come online anytime now. Oh, oh, just kidding. Um, the Flint water treatment facility, that's going to need about $100 million in upgrades to take and treat the water coming from the new pipeline that they had to have and the best case scenario for the upgrades to be completed on the water treatment plant is early 2020. Time for a visual sound effect. Face palm. Yeah. Ow. So that is what the residents of Flint have uh, been told recently. One thing that uh, was brought to our attention this week by a friend of the podcast, Dominic, was the fact that the House... GOP closed the federal investigation on Flint um, 
that the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee basically just said everyone did a bad job. Nobody reported anything on time. Uh, the EPA wasn't vigilant. The state wasn't vigilant. Um, there's already charges in the pipeline, and there's nothing else for us to do. Okay, thanks. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Uh, just to, to just to recap, I think it was only one party was committed to that premise. Would you care to remind us which of the parties it was? Well, oh, that would be the GOP. Because uh, Maryland Representative Elijah Cummings, you'll remember last year, again, Governor Snyder, Congressional Oversight Committee hearing, and Elijah Cummings told him, show us proof that you didn't know anything about the crisis, that this is just as much a shock to you, and that the EPA representatives from the EPA coming out and testing and finding this uh, heightened lead was just as much a shock to you in your office. And Governor Snyder just basically wrote a letter that said, uh, yeah, we don't have anything. Sorry. Uh, Representative Cummings was uh, just did not believe him and, and um, pressured him. With good reason. Right. Pressured him several times asking for more information and basically just got stonewalled from his office. And again, Governor Snyder is a Republican governor. And then now the House GOP has shut, shut it all down with no, like I said, there's no real conclusions. Basically, they said, oh, it looks like everybody just did a terrible job. Now, Governor Snyder's office is saying this is a great thing. The burden of trying to get back to Representative Cummings was becoming, um, you know, overbearing. And now they can actually focus on fixing things. When he says fixing things, does he mean the next election? <sighs> or the next the state appointed oversight committee? Like, I, I don't know. Gerrymandering is us. It's, it's not. I'm pretty good. sure they do that in that state, aren't they? Uh, and they do uh, everywhere. New collective nouns. New collective noun this week, a colostomy of Republicans. <laughs> it's accurate. For this episode, I'm ready to move on from this story. We will be back with this in the next episode. Until then. We love you, Flint. And now we're moving on. Executive Order Roundup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he has not been president long, but he is signing everything he can get his little dirty orange hands on. If you put a piece of paper in front of him, he will sign it. <sighs> uh, it's good to order pizza at the White House right now. <laughs> he is currently on track to sign more executive orders in his first 100 days than Obama did in his entire eight-year presidency. So, um, this is a... We've been, we've been trying to keep up on this, but it's, it's too much, too soon. It, there's, it, this is part of the, the smog screen. This is more than a smoke screen. This is a smog screen. Yeah, I've, I'm, uh, I'm considering going back into my blanket for it. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough week. Um, and then sticking the broom handle out to try and keep anybody away. Yes. Yeah. So um, we're going to we're going to get a more detailed list. He's been signing um, between three and five a day every day. Um, so I, I just 
Does he even know what's in them? Because he spends most of his time watching TV. He does spend most of his time watching TV. His staffers are actually getting concerned about him because he's so preoccupied with ratings. Um, but I'm going to actually look at them. I think my favorite part is whenever he signs something, when he holds it up for the for the photograph, he like mutters some type of like tagline <laughs> about each one. Uh, it was rumored when, or not rumored, I mean, there's video of it, when he held up the, uh, the executive order, uh, for the XL pipeline, he just kind of muttered, uh, jobs, 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 26,000 jobs. The, the most jobs that he's creating right now are the hordes of fact checkers that are needed to try and keep up with the daily spew of bullshit coming out of that office. Wow. And associated. So we will we will be uh, a little bit more in depth with this. Uh, we don't want to become overwhelming with it, but uh, it's important for everybody to kind of just know, at the very least, what executive orders are are being signed. Again, just because of the sheer volume of them, everybody queue up, go to the costume store and buy yourself a little cowboy hat, and uh, you two can get along with Rob as he. Uh... <laughs> You guys should see the face he makes when he, when he shouts around up. I didn't see it. I had my eyes closed. I, I wish I had my eyes closed. <laughs> I will for next time. So, uh, this kind of stuff we should probably not be putting on YouTube. I don't know if anybody actually did catch the thing we put on YouTube, but anyway, yeah. that was a, trying to be a calm moment. Uh, I'm going to move us on. international news us i'm very excited i can tell watching the stats uh -huh. we have now been heard in 40 countries around the world most recently we saw jersey and the english channel pop up uh, gabon and switzerland have also joined us i've um, got an updated map that i'm hoping that diana can find some way of shoehorning into the the website at some point. I can Please. probably do that. You're so talented. Flattery will get you everywhere, <laughs> sir. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and we've had close on 2,800 hits through SoundCloud, which for the two of us, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. 40 countries, 2,800 hits. When we set out to do this, it was fun. This just adds to that, knowing that there are people out there around the world who will listen to this and hopefully get a chuckle and come back for another episode. That's stonking. That's not a word. Uh, we're in a post-fact society. <laughs> yes, it is. Stonking. I, all right. I'm going to ask my kids if they can come up with the definition for the word stonking. You may need to go and find another Brit. Maybe one of the, maybe one of the Dominics can assist. Uh, only one of them's British, though. Uh, well, that would be the one to ask then, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, the, the one whose name you can pronounce? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you don't want to see the face that she's making at me. Or the gestures. <laughs> All right. I, I, oh, oh, oh. So, if you guys have something uh, local that's been going on around, around your way, you want to 
get us involved in, let us know. Uh, probably uh, something that is, you know, maybe a little less political, a little more fun. But if it is an issue that you just want somebody to plant a little flag in a sandcastle somewhere on a, the beach that is the internet, then, uh, you know, drop us an email and we can do something. Yeah, we, we, we're for the people. The People's Podcast. <laughs> Are we the People's Revolutionary Podcast or the Revolution of the People's Podcast? Why don't we just stay with radio? With the, we are the Radio Podcast. We are the greatest radio podcast in the world. Fact. Rob. Hello. Denouement. I'm just going to leave it with the way you just said it. <laughs> and I said I can't speak French. <laughs> She <laughs> I can just pronounce French. I can't speak it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So if you guys uh, are looking for ways to get in touch with us, Rob and I are extremely accessible. You can find us on our Facebook page, uh, www.facebook.com slash radio podcast one. Numeral one. Yes. Number one. There's also the website www.radio-podcast.net Yep, all of our old shows are there. We've got show notes there. We've got audio cryptic word search there. Um, and if you don't know what that is, go back and listen to the first 15 episodes. We still never got a second entry. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, you're the super duper winner. <laughs> the winner for all time. <laughs> Oh, all of our contact information is also on that page, including our Twitter account at underscore. Which apparently is a lot more active now that you plugged it into Facebook. And when I went back and got activated my other device that has my active Twitter on it and discovered, oh, all the stuff I, it's all up on here as well. I huh. am magical. Yeah. So this is true. We're back to being active. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the ability to cross post. Um, so like I said, our, our Twitter handle is at underscore radio podcast. So yeah, just thank you everybody. Um, subscribe, like us, rate us on uh, iTunes. That would be huge. Uh, refer a friend, um, have them read us. Yeah. And talk to us. We, we're here and we're somewhat friendly. Unless you vote GOP, in which case, fuck off. <laughs> They, that is not the right attitude, Rob. We want to brace everyone and convert them to our way of thinking. It used to be not the right attitude, but I remember when the GOP used to be a party of respectable people who had respect for other people. I remember those days. Mm -hmm. I met John McCain in person when he came to my town way back when. And one on one, I, I shook the guy's hand and chatted to him for a minute. And I liked his the way he spoke. Mm -hmm. So I am not necessarily anti-GOP in terms of what used to be GOP politics, but the way it's become, yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there. A progressive agenda is not going to be able to move forward whatsoever without at least a couple flippers from the GOP crossing party lines and standing up for common sense legislation. So I think a blanket statement saying if you're GOP, you can go fuck yourself is not helpful to the overall cause. I understand the sentiment. 
I understand the sentiment, but here's the thing. We need to just not be angry. We need to go about this in a way oh, that's going to be This productive. goes back to the beginning of the show when I asked for rational discourse. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, GOP voters, um, you don't need to fuck off. Just um, don't talk. Listen to us. Take, <laughs> take, take in what we're saying. Uh, maybe ask us a few questions and listen to the answers. Does, does that neatly sum things there you up? Go. There you go. Oh, my God. I need Mr. Secord now more than ever. Mr. Secord, will you please write a letter to your senator and play it? <laughs> <laughs>